This podcast is a publication of the Engineering Management Institute, where we are committed to building professional development systems, including project management and people leadership programs that support the growth of engineers and their firms. Download our AE Industry Trends Report for insights on the great resignation, remote work productivity, and people-centric cultures. To get your copy, visit engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Welcome to this episode of the AEC Engineering and Technology Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping engineering professionals find technology that fits their needs. This podcast is the fifth episode in our 10-episode series called Unveiling Tech Horizons. Throughout the series, we will revolutionize AEC consulting by delving into cutting-edge technology such as AI, BIM, digital twins, PM resourcing tools, and more. In this episode, I'll be speaking with Nate Fuller, the founding director at Placer Solutions. We'll discuss the current state of the information ecosystem and construction technology and the need for high-quality and actionable information for professionals. With that, let's jump into today's episode. Nate, welcome to the show. Good to be here. Thanks, Nick. Nate, could you tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do on a daily basis? My background, or I was trained as a civil engineer. And so right out of grad school, joined Bechtel and ended up traveling all over the world on big Bechtel projects for a number of years. So ended up in Australia, ended up in Canada, was in the Middle East, just kind of these big international EPC projects. I learned a ton about the construction process. So moved beyond engineering and more into the construction management and project management space, but ended up in San Francisco around 2015, 2016 timeframe. And so folks kind of remember this was a time when there was just a lot of emerging tech swirling around. Right. And in a lot of ways, I think the construction industry was caught pretty flat footed by it all, but I give Bechtel a lot of credit for having put together an office of innovation, which I took part in helping to create. So. 2015, 2016 helped build out the Office of Innovation at Bechtel. I was really focused on the field side of things. So, you know, kind of cutting through the hype of all the technology, but really understanding where the value is in the field on a construction project. Cause I think in a lot of ways, that's where the rubber hits the road. Right. And so, you know, built out a toolkit of how to do innovation in construction. And, and I have since taken a lot of the lessons learned from those early days and applied it in my own consulting practice where I work with other large construction contractors on putting together technology programs and innovation programs, but still very much focused on the field side of it. So my bull thing is understanding business requirements, understanding the people who are using technology in the field and understanding who those people are in order to best leverage and implement these new technologies that are coming down the pipeline. Somewhat on a parallel track in the past several months with Placer Solutions, I've begun to put together these really comprehensive research reports on different emerging technology topics. And we can talk more about this, but you know, the idea here is that there's, from my perspective, just a, a pretty big lack of high quality information around construction technology. And it's something that I've always wanted to see in the industry. And honestly, I just got frustrated enough from reading so many Autodesk and press releases and marketing hype from Microsoft, you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of the information we consume in construction tech is sponsored or marketing hype. I wanted to do something that was usable and actionable by people in the field in construction. Which is great for the type of audience we have here, Nate, out of the podcast. Cause even if you're right, an engineer, an architect, right. And you may not be on the construction side, 
there is so much that you can pull from these emerging technologies that you know people like Nate are betting and reviewing and larger GCs are actually using in the field. Speaking from experience, right? I've personally been able to nab a lot of great ideas for the niche I'm in from reports like Nate's or these larger GCs that have ideas that may not directly apply to what you're doing. Definitely provide an opportunity to be more successful with construction tech, no matter what side of the industry you're on. And construction, it's a complicated industry, right? It's from someone who is not a native coming in with technology experience to understand the construction value chain can be really difficult and really daunting. And I think that's where a lot of technology providers fall flat. And so I would hope that this source of information, good source of information that dives deep on construction value chain and where technology can be implemented. Hopefully it's useful, not just for the constructive professionals, but also for the technology providers who are such a huge piece of this as well. Absolutely. Why don't we just get started? Like, where are we today, right? Like, what's the current state of the information ecosystem in contact? Without naming names and, and getting too deep into it, you know, a lot of it is just marketing hype. From the During the course of our research and our first report, which was on augmented reality and mixed reality and construction, you know, again, not naming names, but there were some large tech companies who put out a lot of marketing material that really just kind of overhyped the technology. And I'm referring to the headsets. They overhyped these AR, MR headsets in a way that I think did a lot of damage to the product class in the long term. And I think that bringing in some additional construction experience, maybe they didn't have the right people in the room to talk about the technology or to guide the product or put together marketing material. It was that, that marketing team took over when in this industry, you really need that construction expertise from day one. And so I think it did a lot of damage to the product class. And I think we've learned a lot of lessons over the past 10, 15 years. And I think tech providers are getting much better at understanding construction as a unique industry. It's not manufacturing. It's not aerospace. It's not aviation. It's a unique industry with a very complicated and fragmented value chain. And it's project-based and it's field-based. And it's just different than a lot of other industries and understanding that and appreciating it and then building that into the technology solutions is really key. And also understanding that like a lot of the information ecosystem in construction is assumes that it's construction is just this big C construction, like construction is just construction. And anyone in the industry knows that it's not at all. Construction is like a million different industries in one. Like you've got construction sectors, which just kind of stand on their own. And then you've got residential construction versus commercial construction versus industrial construction. It's not this big monolithic industry and it's, but it's big enough that you can honestly just address one sector and build a really kick-ass technology around that one sector without having to go after, you know, this whole big C construction. So there's been a, a mindset change in the industry around providing technology, because I think people are realizing that customer segmentation is really important in construction. And so the marketing material and the information ecosystem kind of has to catch up to that state, right? So that's a really long way to way of saying the information ecosystem is broken because a lot of it is based on marketing hype. And I want to say that technology as a concept in the industry is so new to the industry that there's not those best practices that have been learned over the years being transmitted in a way that's really consumable by leaders in the industry. And so I hope that's where these research reports come in is that they kind of cut through all that marketing hype and they really address those kind of core best practices that are needed to make technology work in the industry. 
addition to this like marketing hype, right, Nate, there also sounds like there is sometimes a lack of some of this technology being worked on or grounded by people from the industry, right? Like outsiders coming in and one of my favorites, right, is somebody comes in from the outside, say, I'm going to disrupt this entire AEC ecosystem, right? And we know that just never works. Yeah, I think the term disruption is overused and probably should not be used in the context of construction. Because if there's one industry that doesn't take kindly to quote unquote disruption is probably construction. There's a way to frame it that isn't disruptive, that's value add. And I think that's where technology providers and construction professionals need to get is understanding how to make immediate impact on construction projects today that doesn't disrupt existing workflows. We know there's an issue, right, with this like information that's coming out regarding to contact, right? So could you explain a little bit about why you think there's a crucial need for high quality and actionable information for construction professionals, but also the people who provide the technology? On the construction professional side of things, you know, what I've seen with Placer Solutions is there's just been a noticeable increase in interest in construction as an addressable digital market over the past several years. And so I think this just shows, you know, even more need for just reliable construction tech insights. I look at this industry survey that I do every year. Since late 2020, there's been at least a thousand new digital transformation roles among top contractors in North America. And there's just been a significant increase in construction tech startup and provider activity. So, you know, at present, as we were just discussing, the information ecosystem for these construction professionals and technology providers. They're just inundated with a lot of repetitive, low quality content. There's now more than ever, there's a need for, you know, high quality information about best practices and lessons learned because technology and innovation departments as they exist today in construction didn't exist 10 years ago, but now we have 10 years of experience and folks who have been in the trenches doing this for a while. And so there's now is a great time to start consolidating those best practices into research reports that are just highly actionable for construction professionals and for technology providers, because the technology providers need the information, I think, just as much as the construction professionals and the construction professionals need it just as much as the technology providers. I think it's bringing those two pieces together that is really, really key. And you bring up a good point too, because we know in the AEC industry, right, a lot of things are kept close to the chest, but at least in whatever trade or professional organization we're talking about, right? There is some amount of best practice, but that doesn't really seem to exist as much today for construction technology, right? You mind elaborating on that a little bit? So for a specific trade, you think there's best practices through trading? Yeah. So you could be right an electrician or a plumber or a civil engineer, right? And you have some trade organization or a code or a governing body, right? That might give you some more information on best practices or how to do something. But at least that I'm not as aware of something that exists like that for professionals in construction that focus on technology. I think that's right. I think, um, you know, the trades through over the course hundreds of years of practicing have kind of codified best practices for their trade through standards essentially and training that doesn't exist because technology as a department in construction didn't exist 10 years ago 15 years ago and so there isn't just that kind of institutional knowledge in the industry that's built up like the trades have done how would you say your company is starting to kind of address this need for 
a place or a report or something where somebody can go look and like you said, get this highly actionable, accurate content. So the idea here is that we spend a significant amount of time just talking to construction professionals. So the most recent report we did was on artificial intelligence in construction, and we surveyed and interviewed over a hundred construction professionals and technology providers. The goal is to deliver high quality, practical, unbiased research on these different emerging technology topics and really provide an understanding of how the technology impacts that whole construction value chain, right? From top to bottom, but also highlight opportunities for improvement. Because I think a lot of folks in the industry know that when new technology hits the field in construction, a lot of times it falls flat. And so I think there's room for improvement in terms of the implementation on the provider side, but also on the construction professional side. We break these reports down into really five sections, and I can just briefly go through each of those. So the first part is just a general introduction to the technology itself. So we kind of explore the concepts of the technology and we include history in construction and specific examples of that technology. The second part is that full value chain analysis. So this is kind of where the rubber hits the road with the technology. So looking at the impact of that technology on the industry. The third is actually, I think the most important, and that's the use cases. So for each report, we try to highlight at least two builders who are using this technology on a day-to-day basis. We try to interview half a dozen to a dozen individuals within each of those organizations to really understand the field user experience. So for example, on the artificial intelligence report, we talked to project engineers, project managers, and others around Bart Mallow organization to understand ChatGPT, Google Bard, Bing Chat, like how are you using these today? And what are the kind of governance that's necessary or being put in place because of this technology? So that use case one, I think really teases out exactly on a very tangible level, how the technology is being used and how construction companies are changing their organizations to better embrace them. The fourth part is technology outlook and opportunities. So this is where we look at market outlook and specific opportunities for improving construction processes. And then the last part is kind of just a conclusion, best practices for adoption. You know, we pull together all of the information and provide some kind of guidance, right? This is the codification part that you just mentioned, Nick, the trades have done this, right? But what are the best practices for effective utilization of the technology and strategies for overcoming, you know, I think we see a lot of barriers to adoption. How do we overcome those barriers going moving into the future? Two kind of comments that you made, right? Like some of these technologies falling flat in the field and then the path to adoption, right? Kind of being based in the field when you, you know, were working for a general contractor and so interested in this technology, right? I see the same thing. Implementation and getting users in the field to actually use the technology can be essentially like the hardest part of any rollout. Why do you think that is? Honestly, it really depends on the technology. So without giving specific examples, it's kind of hard to say. If you're going to make broad generalizations about the industry, folks in the field need to have immediate value. Like that thing has to work within five minutes. They have to improve their lives in some meaningful way. Otherwise, they're just going to go back to what they were doing because why bother? So a really good example is actually is back to the AR and MR research report, you know, the headsets. We found during the course of our research that it took on average five times for someone to put a headset on to be able to essentially feel comfortable using it themselves, which is crazy. Like you pull an iPhone out of the box and the thing works immediately as a technology provider to expect that someone has to be trained on your 
hardware tool five times for it to work. It's just not going to happen. And that was a big reason that AR and MR adoption is so low in the industry. And I think that's a really good example because I think oftentimes people point to the construction industry and say, oh, it's just a backwards industry and people don't like technology. But it's like, no, the technology provider has to step up here as well. They need more construction professionals in the room in the early days of product development to understand how to really nail that first time user experience. So there's a number of reasons for why adoption is so slow. In general, there probably is more of a tendency in the construction industry. You have to provide immediate value right off the bat. And that first time user experience has to be pretty seamless. I would agree because that end user in the field has a million other things to do, right? And learning about this new technology and fiddling around with it probably wasn't on their list to begin with, right? So when you provide these solutions that just don't work, you're just adding more and more workload to these people's already busy schedules. It's really hard. And I think this is one of the core challenges in the industry from a construction tech startup ecosystem perspective, but like you kind of need a broken product to be used by enough people to tell you how to improve the product. I'm talking from the startup's perspective. You need enough people to kind of give you feedback on their product in order to improve it to a point that you really nail that first time user experience. But how do you do that in an industry where folks really need that immediate value? So that is a tricky one. I will sympathize with technology providers there. And I'm speaking from experience. I actually ran my own construction tech startup here in Oregon for a couple of years after leaving Bechtel. So I know how that works and I know it's really challenging in this industry, but it, it exists and at least acknowledging it exists, technology providers should start to think about you know, their go-to-market strategy and their product roadmap in a way that maybe doesn't shoot for the moon, like provide that incremental value earlier in the product development process. One that gets a lot of questions, right? And I've, I've seen this throughout my career well is cost. So like, how do you balance these cost-effective technologies or resources, but continue to maintain the quality of information that's ultimately provided, right? Because it's not in everyone's budget to use, you know, technology that may cost a certain amount, right? But I have to imagine there's options just depending on where any one individual or company's coming from. I mean, I think this goes back to the immediate value. If there's value in the product, I don't think that construction professionals are unwilling to pull their credit card out or their P card and throw a couple bucks on a new product, but it has to provide value. The whole idea of like measuring ROI I understand why it's necessary. And I mean, we did it at Bexel and the clients that I work with do it as well, because that's kind of in everyone's back of the mind. But really at the end of the day, the way you know whether your product is giving delivering ROI is whether that foreman or superintendent is pulling out their P card. Like those guys and gals, they know in the field if something is positive ROI and they'll pay for it. I think cost is important. Obviously it's important. That's the world we live in. Yeah, you'll know when you find product market fit and whether people are willing to pay for it. I refer to it in my organization as right. You can kind of do some back of the napkin bath and know whether something is going to be all run like that. Right. And there's always going to be works to be worked out in the field. But in my experience, that's true. Right. It, you identify these winners pretty quickly. I always say construction folks are some of the smartest people I've ever met in my entire life. And oftentimes they're very soft-spoken and oftentimes if they don't like something or they don't want to use it. They're not necessarily going to tell you why they're just not going to use it. But if they like something, they'll put their money where their mouth is and they'll use it and they'll keep using it. It's also a very sticky market, right? So once you gain a customer, once you get a foot in the door, it's yeah, people stick with what they know in this industry. 
especially those who spend a lot, if not most of their time in the field, right? In my experience, they're very direct and it's not being mean or anything. They just know what works and they're going to tell you this thing is doesn't work for me or it does and we need more of it. I agree. I also think that's why technology departments in construction are so important because you do need someone in the organization to work with the startups to help guide them through the process, right? Because it is so fragmented, project-based, field-based. So you need someone who's willing to spend a little bit more time. But I think you're right. I think the the foreman and the superintendents and the folks in the field are going to be direct because they've got a million things to do. They don't have time for that. Nate, as we wrap up, what final thoughts would you like to give the audience kind of related to any of the topics we've talked about today or anything that we haven't? Well, I would encourage folks to go check, check out placersolutions.io. The research and reports uh, section has two reports currently. Uh, one is on augmented reality and mixed reality in construction. And the second is on artificial intelligence in construction. And again, these are really comprehensive reports. Each one runs about 45 pages long, real soup to nuts analysis of each of the technologies in the context of the construction industry. And, and I'm sure folks will find a ton of value, whether you're a construction professional or a, a technology provider. The other takeaway is let's keep sharing these ideas and these best practices. Part of what I do with the research reports is I interview dozens of individuals and we survey and interview over a hundred individuals for each of the reports. If folks are interested in taking part in one of these reports, we give a free license of the report to participants. So feel free to reach out to me. My email is nate.fuller at placersolutions.io. Let me know you're interested and would be happy to talk more. I participated in your AI report, right? And what I actually got out of that, not being someone who's in essentially, right, like commercial general construction, right? And a little bit of a different niche, but the ideas in the report, although they were not directly applicable to my day-to-day, -day, were very helpful and me taking next steps and applying it to my practice. So again, even if you're not perhaps the intended end user, I still think you'll get a lot of value out of the reports that Nate's team is providing. Yeah, we try to keep them high level. I mean, again, construction is such a big industry. We keep it at a level where folks can see how they fit into the bigger picture is kind of the idea. So hopefully, yeah, Nick, it sounds like that's where you picked up and thread there. And again, for anybody that's listening and didn't have a pet with them, those will be in the show notes. So no worries if you couldn't capture that website right now. But Nate, thank you again so much for joining us today. What's the best way for our audience to reach out to you if they have more questions about anything in today's interview? Yeah, placersolutions.io is a good start. Um, otherwise, reach out personally. My email is nate.fuller at placersolutions.io. Nate, thank you again so much for joining us today. Appreciate it. Thanks, Nick. Please remember, you can find the show notes for this episode at aectechpodcast.com. There, you will find a summary of key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during this episode. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your engineering and technology endeavors. Thank you.